Welcome to Candid Talks with Elder J. This podcast was designed to give you raw footage of real discussions with biblical solutions. Hope you enjoy. It seems like blessings keep falling in my lap. It seems like blessings keep falling in my lap. Anything that is broke, it's something that's out of function. Something that no longer works like it used to. Um, You have to ask yourself personally, what part of my life is out of function? What part of my life does not work? It could be a relationship. It could be a job that just doesn't do it for you anymore. Uh, It could be a number of things where you're saying, what is it about this part of my life where it used to be great, but now it doesn't satisfy me anymore. It doesn't do what it used to do for me. And you have to ask yourself that, and, and I would even ask you to, you know, not just hear this, but actually write that down um, and really focus on it later on. Like, what is that part of my life? Uh, where am I unsatisfied? Where am I dissatisfied? Where, what part of my life is broken? Because that is the place, if we never face it, it'll never be fixed. And the thing about life is that we find reasons to not fix our broken places. We find every reason in the world, even on a natural level. Um, I'll I'll use myself as an example. I have, um, my my truck is out there, and it's got about three or four lights on right now. Yours too. It's got lights on it, right? Now, the car is still drivable, but it's showing me signs that it needs attention. And so something in it is broken, but because I ignore the signs, I'll end up paying more when it finally breaks down all the way, all because I ignored the signs. And usually what we do is we find ways to not fix the broken place. Instead, what we do is we'll rig it. You know, we won't repair it, we'll rig it. Well, if it'll still get me from point A to point B, you know, we have become content and satisfied with just barely surviving. We ignore all of the lights in our life because we can still function a little bit. We're not fully happy. We don't have everything that we desire. We're not fully satisfied, you know, when we go to bed at night. And yet, because it's not completely broken, we don't fix it. We don't face it. And why, why don't we do that? Is I, I even want some, some interaction from y'all. What do you think causes us as individuals to not fix the areas that we know are broken in our lives? What, what makes us not do it? Yeah. I feel like we are comfortable where we're at. You know what I mean? You got to come out of yourself to do something different. Yeah. And most people are content with what they know. I know I am. Mm -hmm. So sometimes stepping out and correcting the issue, you're scared of the outcomes and and the unfamiliar. So I'd rather just stick to what I know in most cases. And I Mm -hmm. think a lot of people deal with that. Okay. Anybody else? What makes us... You know, go for the quick fix or rigging it or whatever, knowing that it's still broken. What makes us do that? I would say uh, being afraid of the process. Um, I think that when using your example, you use Mm -hmm. a car. When you have all these lights and things of that nature going on, you tend to, you ignore, not only do you ignore the signs, but you know what it takes to fix the car. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you you make a decision to say, since I know that process, since I know how that how that process is gonna look, I choose to not deal with that process rather than face it head on. And I think it's fear in that. I think it's insecurity in that. I think it's a lot in that. Um, even within ourselves that allows us to be comfortable or content in a situation that's not healthy for us. So I believe that um, it has a lot to do with just being afraid of the process that comes, you know, with the stuff that you know, dealing with what you're going through. And I also think um, it comes from um, responsibility of it. Okay. A lot of times you don't want to take the responsibility because responsibility takes work. So you don't want to take the responsibility of it. So it's easy to accept and deal with the element of it. You know, you know, I, I just deal with this. But I think that, you know, when it comes to low self-esteem, I think it did with the individual within. So I really believe that a person don't want to take the responsibility to work at the change, to work at the process. Got you. It takes a lot, it takes a lot of work for that. Yeah. One of the things that... Um, you know, kind of when I was kind of meditating on, on, on this entire subject, uh, one of the things that I realized is that there is a difference between how God views brokenness and how the world views brokenness. The world view, views brokenness in the sense of once it's broken, it loses value immediately. So anything that, you know, if you go buy something from the store right now, um, if it's not broken, you might be able to return it depending on the return policy. That same object, you buy it, you use it, you break it, you try to return it, they're not going to accept it because the value has depreciated, right? And I think that we take that on when we look at our own lives. And when we find ourselves broken, we find ourselves, you know, we think that we lost value all because something in our life is no longer working. You know, it could be, you know, your self-esteem was once where it should have been and something in life hit you and caught you off guard and now that you are you know you know you are your self-esteem has been lowered instead of fixing it you try to put a mask on it and act like you got it all together because you don't want anybody to know that a part of your life is broken so we have mastered as churches and as people uh, we've mastered rigging the system and doing just enough to get us by so we rigged the system by saying, hey, I know that I got some insecurities. I know I have some things in life. But you know what? I'm going to just take this date. I know they don't really deserve me, but just so I can boost my self-esteem tonight, right? Then we take a date and we, we take somebody that is far beneath where we are because we ourselves have put ourselves on a clearance rack all because a part of our life is broken. And so we got to talk about this is one view of you know, how the world sees brokenness, which is why we don't deal with it. This is why we hide it. This is why we don't want to talk about it. It's because we don't want to be depreciated in value. We don't want, you know, to seem like we're not as uh, valuable as we once were. So then we, we hide it, we mask it, and we find ourselves in a horrible place. But God says something different about brokenness. Um, if you have your phone, I just want to just um, get this scripture to you in your um, you know kind of in your alone time I want you to read the entire scripture um, but it's Psalm 51 Psalm 51 
Psalm 51. It's going to be verse 17. Anybody have it? Can somebody read it? The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, thou wilt not despise. Okay, right there. So this is a verse where um, I'm going to say it. That's the King James, right? Is that King James? All right. So I'm going to kind of bring it down so that you can understand. Um, the verse before it pretty much says, I realize that God doesn't need the sacrifice of animals or the sacrifice of this, that, and the other. What he really wants is a broken spirit. What he really wants is a broken spirit and a broken heart will the Lord not despise. He won't reject it. He won't devalue it. He won't discount it. In other words, it's important for us to understand that even though the world says you lose value when you're broken, God says once you're broken, that's when I want to use you. Mm -hmm. It's not until you get to a place of brokenness till you realize that that's where your true value is. And I wonder, like, man, why would you wait until I'm broken before, before you use me? But what I found out is once you're broken, according to the world, they're going to take their hands off of you because you lost value. But God says, I need everybody to take their hands off of you so that I can put my hands on you. And at that point in your life, that's when God gets the glory. As long as you thought you could fix it, as long as you thought your boyfriend or your girlfriend could fix it, as long as you thought your mother or your father could fix it, as long as you thought your church could fix it, as long as you thought all of these other areas could fix it, God couldn't get the glory. It wasn't until that broken place where you found out you started depending on people and they could not help you. It was at that place and that time where you found out that in this area, nobody, all these other people that maybe you've been able to help, when you finally needed them, they weren't there. And then you found out that all you ever needed the whole time was God. And so it's the broken place where God finds value in you. It's the broken place where God says, now you're humble and I can use you. And here's the thing. One, one thing that you learn about a bone is once it breaks, when it mends, if it mends properly, it actually becomes stronger after it's been broken than it was before. You got to understand that your true strength and your true value does not come to you until you have had that time of being broken so that God can put you back together and then you end up stronger afterwards than you were before. Mm -hmm. That's why our brokenness comes from a place of being, um, our, I'm sorry, our value comes from a place of being broken so that God can put us back together again. And many times, you know, um, there, there are sometimes, uh, I have some friends who, um, they had to undergo surgery uh, because whatever this bone was, the bone structure was not right. And so they went to the hospital, and the doctor literally broke the bone. They didn't fall, and it wasn't an accident, but on purpose, the doctor broke the bone so that it could be put together the right way. And many times in our lives, there are things that we have put together, things that we have constructed, ideas that we have put in place, and God had nothing to do with it. And so God says, before I can really put you in your rightful place, i got to literally break you so that I can put you back together the way that I intended for you to be the entire time. And so 
I want to be quick today. It's not a lot. It's, um, I want you to really focus on this chapter um, and really read it. If you read it, you find out a, a number of things. The first thing is um, David was coming from, um, David had just, his, his son had just died. David and Bathsheba had a baby. And um, the baby died. And he was mourning. And then he got to a place where he was like, I got to take off the sackcloth and the ashes, which is the mourning attire. And he's got to move on with his life. This is the same chapter where you see uh, he repents and he's saying, creating me a clean heart, renewing me the right spirit. But if you go all the way up to like verse 8, all the way down to verse 15, he keeps saying stuff like, all right, I'm broken now. Can I rejoice again? I'm broken now. Can you unseal my lips so I can sing your praises again? He's saying all of these things. All right, I'm finally to that place now. And then you get down to 17 where he says, oh, I realize it wasn't a praise that you desired at that time. It wasn't a regular sacrifice. It was simply me, my brokenness. So the first thing is, as long as we ignore our problems, we will suffocate our praise. Remember, verse 8, verse 15, all of that, he's saying, hey, all right, now I've finally gotten to a place of being broken, so now can I praise you again? Can I rejoice again? Can you unseal my lips? Because God had literally shut his mouth. Shut him up. Don't praise me right now because you're not broken. It ain't real. Is it possible that we could go to church and we could sing real good and we could cry and run and jump and sweat and do all of that? And God is like, I don't want none of it. Why? Because we have not yet gotten to a place of brokenness. So it's very important before we offer anything to God, we first need to say, Lord, I'm broken before you. Everything that I thought I had, everything I thought I had together, it means nothing if you are not at the helm of it. So that's the first thing. Until we can give God our issues, our problems, uh, as long as we try to hide it and mask it, it's like it's suffocating our praise. We can't get out what's in us. We're designed to be praisers. We're designed to worship God, but God wants a true worship. The Bible says, you know, I, I want you to worship me, but in spirit and in truth. Right. So we got the spirit. We're very spirited, but we're not truthful. And so God is saying, I don't want it. The second thing is you see in that scripture, he says. A broken and a contrite heart with the Lord not despise. And the beauty of that is God does not turn his back on the broken. You got to understand that a lot of times that we once we're broken. We, send to, we, we tend to like back away from church, back away from God, back away from anything that reminds us of the standard that we're supposed to live. And many times we get hypersensitive. We get real offensive. We try to, you know, say that people are self-righteous when the truth is we don't feel good about ourselves because of whatever it is that we have gone through or whatever it is that we, the areas that we have fallen short. And so we back away. But God is saying once you realize that I won't turn my back on you, once you realize that even though you're broken, even though you're stripped down to nothing, I'm still there, then you don't have to back away. I didn't back away from you, so you don't have to back away from me. So I just want you guys to um, understand that there is faith for those of us who have been in a broken place. There is faith, and you can learn from your brokenness. You can grow from your broken place, and there are other people who will be dependent on you if you learn how to activate and access that faith even during those broken times. Amen. That's it.
Um, so we're going to have a word of prayer. And um, then I'm going to the very last part uh, of the meeting. We'll do that then. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would help us to remember that you're always there for us. Help us to remember that you'll never turn your back on us. Help us to remember that you've never left us, that you've always been there. And then help us to remember, God, that our true value is not when we think we have it all together. The true value in your eyes is when we get to a place where we're broken, where we cannot make it on our own, when we don't have all the answers, when we've exhausted every option. That is when you say, now I can use you. So, Lord, we take this moment right now to be broken in your presence. We take this moment to repent for any time we tried to act like we had it together when we really didn't. We take this moment, Father, to say I'm so sorry for every time that I took matters into my own hands and I took myself out of your hands. Father, we ask you right now to put your hands back on us. We ask you right now, God, to breathe on us once again. We ask you right now, God, that you would take our broken pieces and you would make something beautiful. Every part of us, even the parts of us that we dislike, we ask, oh God, your word says, God, that all things work together for good to them that love you and that are called according to your purpose. So, Father, we know that it's not the end of a thing if it's not good because you said that before it's all over, it's got to be good. So we're asking you, Father, to ignite a fire of faith and hope in us. Ignite a fire of determination. Help us to be willed to do your will. Turn our hearts towards you, Father. Before we can do ministry in any other area, in any, in any other capacity, first we ask, oh God, that you would deal with our broken place. We ask, oh God, that your healing would take place even right now in the name of Jesus. The things that we've not told anybody about, the areas of our lives that, that cause us pain, that make us tender, that make us upset, that make us uh, have attitudes, that make us uh, easy to fight. We ask, oh God, right now that you would bring peace to us, that you would bring healing to us emotionally, mentally, spiritually and physically speak to that broken place in us help us to see what's not working why are we not satisfied and then father help us to find our satisfaction in you in jesus name we pray thank god and amen, amen. thanks for joining us today on candid talks with elder j we want to take this time to offer salvation to those of you who are unsure of your relationship with Christ, and also for those of you who want a fresh start. If that's you, repeat after me. Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me for all of my sin. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe he died and rose again on the third day. I believe he lives today. From this day forth, I am a recipient of your redeeming love. From this day forth, I am saved. If you prayed that prayer with me, you are saved and there's nothing that anyone can do about it. 
congratulations. Now you have an opportunity to support our podcast and community outreach efforts via Cash App at dollar sign RLC Movement. Help us spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be sure to subscribe and share. And until next time, remember, you are redeemed. Peace. Until next time, remember, you are redeemed. Peace.